This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. A season like none before has yielded an offseason with the uncertainties and questions to match. We'll keep you up to date on things in baseball and with your team on the Twins Hot Stove Show. The Twins Hot Stove Show is presented by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, welcome back. It is indeed time for another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. So pull up a chair and join us for the next half hour as we talk all things off-season Minnesota Twins. Now, perhaps, and I hope you're joining us live here on a, a winter Wednesday night. And if so, a reminder that the Diamond Awards will follow us uh, on a lot of these platforms. If perhaps you're joining us at a later date or time via Twitter, via our Facebook page, via the Twins YouTube channel, podcast format, well, we certainly welcome you in as well. We've got Daniel Adler joining us here today, and uh, it's always great to talk with Daniel, the Twins Assistant General Manager. He is technically the Assistant General Manager. He's a lot of other things, and we won't uh, list all of them off here uh, today. But first of all, it's great to, to catch up with you, Daniel. Virtual winter meetings are a full go. Uh, it is a very different situation. Um, for the more socially inclined, the winter meetings are a chance to finally be in the same room with everybody. Is it a huge difference, though, in this modern era of front offices that are so accustomed to communicating on a nonstop basis through their screens that we aren't all in one place? In terms of communication with other clubs, uh, it it may not actually be that different. Uh, We, in the years I've been with the Twins, we occasionally have uh, other contingents from other clubs come up to our suite. But honestly, that doesn't happen all that much. It's still mostly phone um, and text and emails and uh, Slack and TikTok and all that stuff. Um, so for um, inter-club communication, maybe not that different. For our internal communications, this is very, very different. We've had a number of kind of long sessions that we've tried to recreate some of the conversations we would have in our suite, but it's different. And people, you've got kids coming in the screen, um, it's not the sole focus of attention like it would be if we were all out of town, a little bit almost of a retreat type feel. So that part is uh, is very different. And then the other element, there's a number of MLB meetings um, and those those have gone virtual this year. Um, honestly, those have been pretty smooth and uh, not all that different from the past. Just the, um, the thing you miss, usually at least you'd have a few conversations before or after the session with somebody from another club and that that's not happening. And the social element. I know we talk a lot about the ability to communicate, the ability to use data points for conversations, but it's still a game that's a web of people who know each other. And it's still a game where deals are done based on relationships, is it not? For sure. And we're, we're missing that, whether it's agents or uh, you know other clubs from other countries. This is a good time to uh, you know, meet people from uh, Japan or Korea and also our counterparts throughout the game, uh, you know, certainly 
having uh, having lunch with with a friend who works for another team that's that's not happening so it's uh it's a it's a disappointment for sure and hopefully next year we'll be back back to things uh much uh much more what we had been accustomed to before this uh before the pandemic but we're we're making it work it's uh, certainly a little a little less fun one of the big pieces of news this last week for the Twins involved Thad Levine, Twins general manager, and the rumors that the Phillies wanted to bring him in to run their department. He's going to stay, obviously, in Minnesota. This is not a new scenario for this front office, whether it be coaching staff, uh, whether it be developmental folks. If you do things well, people notice and they want to hire you away. When that happens, though, especially someone as high profile as Thad, at this time of year, is there suddenly a Hey, let's leave Stat out of the meeting. <laughs> you know, like let's let's not invite him to the next Zoom. Like, how do you deal with that internally? Because so much of the process and the thought, uh, you know, ideating that you guys are doing about how you view players and how you want to proceed. You know, if someone's going to leave, you that's obviously something that you want to be cognizant of. How do you deal with those situations? This won't be the last one. Yeah, we've been uh, both front office and coaching and uh, scouting. We've had a number of people leave for uh, for usually higher positions at other clubs. And I think our general policy is, uh, you know, we don't want you uh, printing out all of our uh, all of our reports and taking those with you. But until somebody is actually uh, has taken a new position, we have enough trust that that person will, uh, you know, not not take all of our secrets somewhere else. And I think. Um, if you're living in a, in this world where you're extremely paranoid of anybody taking stuff with them, uh, you're probably going to miss out on people who have potentially great contributions. So I, I look at, and you've probably talked to Derek about this before, his situation, he actually, uh, it was a pretty poorly kept secret that he was joining the Twins during the Indians playoff run in 2016. And he was actually still very, very involved in their playoff preparations all the way through the World Series. Now, when it came time to uh, talk about off-season stuff, he stepped out of the room. Um, but I think that you know the level of trust that Cleveland had in him at the time, and also understanding how important he was to their process, that is uh, something that you know I think we're prepared to navigate if uh, if necessary. But usually these things happen; they come up pretty quickly, and then the person leaves. You know, we had J.P. Martinez. Who was our assistant pitching coordinator? He took a uh, a position is is now the assistant pitching coach with the San Francisco Giants. I talked to JP a couple of days before he took the position. Um, knew he was interviewing out there. Nothing was really different about our interaction. Uh, and then after he took the position, uh, we we talked. Obviously, congratulated him. And then of course knew you know his access to all of our systems, things like that would be shut off. Uh, once he's joined another team. Yeah, compliment when people want to raid your system for talent, and there's a lot of talent in this Twins front office. Daniel Adler right in the middle of that. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Let's talk about winter meetings and some needs now off-season-wise for this club. Prior to working with the Twins, you did spend some time in the MLB offices in New York. So you have an insight into kind of how things work on that end. One of the big topics has been simply rules. Uh, will there be a DH in the National League? Will there not be a DH in the National League? What will the roster size be? We saw the league be very nimble last year. They changed the playoff format on opening day. 
How is that impacting your ability as a front office to go out and secure a roster or devise a plan this offseason? And obviously, in particular, talking about Nelson Cruz. This ball's lifted into left field. Hit fairly well. Long run left fielder up to the wall and gone. Cruz has tied it up 3-3. Yeah, I think uh, certainly the market for um, players who fit that DH profile um, is going to be very different depending on whether uh, DH is only in the AL or NL. Um, For us personally, uh, it's probably more of just a question of what those players, you know, what their market looks like for the NL teams. It's even more difficult to plan. Um, We're kind of, I think we're really... Uh, the the name of the game is flexibility because we don't know exactly what the rules are going to be. Uh, I think a good a good example, uh, you know, you mentioned roster size. Last year, MLB instituted some rules limiting how many pitchers you could carry in your bullpen, partially a uh, pace of play um, with the aim that that pace of play would improve. Um, we don't know exactly whether those rules uh, that they intended to implement in 2020 Uh, whether those will happen for all of the year, part of the year, none of the year. And so it makes it really difficult as we're filling out the back end of our bullpen. We don't know necessarily if there's a player who's out of options. Uh, Maybe if we can carry 14 in our bullpen, he's a great person for us. If we can only carry 13, maybe that's not a guy that we um, that we have room for. So it's very, very difficult. And uh, maybe it's a little bit of a cop out answer. But right now, just maintaining flexibility not locking ourselves into um, into deals that that could be problematic if the rule changes uh, work out um, against what we expected. Now, at the same time, there this also might be an opportunity to strike before everybody else has that certainty. So weighing those two things is is really uh, very, very difficult. And, and frankly, your guess on a lot of these rule changes is uh, is as good as mine. Isn't that problematic, though? Uh, isn't it problematic that a major league can't set rules for its teams to follow or even give you an idea of when those rules might be in place? It makes it challenging. Now, a lot of these things, the the only reason, for example, the roster size um, uh, rule or the rules around rosters and how many pitchers you could carry, the only reason that's up for debate is coronavirus. This is not something that MLB is intentionally dragging their feet. I think if, let's say, uh, we have unbelievable vaccine news it gets distributed and uh february 15th and this is probably incredibly optimistic but if everything were clear and good to go and the world was back to normal i think there would be no question we would move to the roster rules that were intended going into the 2020 season a lot of this is is really outside of mlb's hands now maybe i'm uh, a little too easy on some of my former former co-workers there but i think they're uh this is a very difficult time uh there's a lot of uncertainty that's outside of mlb's control now certainly a number of things are within control of um the union and the league and hopefully they can come to some resolution soon but many of these we really are just waiting to see what what state the world is going to be in well and you talk about the league and the players and they haven't gotten along fabulously in public on a lot of issues but i want to go back to last week non-tender deadline, the pre-arbitration, the job you guys did as an organization, and I know you were very much involved in it. The likes of Ken Rosenthal lauding your efforts publicly uh, on a national level for the proactive nature of the Twins going out and engaging with a blank slate with a lot of the guys like a Tyler Duffy, a Jose Barrios, a Taylor Rogers. In addition to that, I want to kind of paraphrase from a text I got from one of the players who you re-signed who added without any prompting, 
that he now has an even more respect for the Twins front office that has nothing to do with the dollar amount he received based on the process. Explain where you guys were coming from and kind of how you navigated that situation that ended up being a win-win for everyone. Yeah, first of all, you always get a little nervous when the agents uh, are saying you did a really great job because that <laughs> that uh, sometimes our our incentives are a little uh, little different. But I think it might be helpful to just uh, talk about what the normal arbitration process looks like. So typically, uh, arbitration you are compared to players who have a similar amount of service in the majors and usually um, at your position or, or similar positions. And it's very, very heavily dependent on your stats in that in that year. So if you hit 45 home runs with a 320 batting average, these are the players you're going to be compared to. Um, it's uh, and you can look back. What did those players earn? You're probably going to earn something around there this year with the 60 game season. Uh, we still had batting averages, still had on base ERA, all the rate stats. Uh, that's still pretty comparable. But when it came to what we call the bulk stats, home runs, RBIs, um, saves, things like that, uh, those were obviously cut very significantly. You know, we played only 37% of the games. And so unfortunately, there's no agreement between the league and the Players Association on how exactly we should handle those stats. Do you scale them all the way up? Uh, do you say somebody who hit 10 home runs now hit 37? Or do you say the person who hit 10 home runs, guess what? He actually hit just 10 home runs. We're going to compare him to guys who hit 10 home runs. And uh, the reality is nobody knows what happens if you go into a, a hearing, how a panel of arbitrators would treat this year. Who are non-baseball so, people, we should know. Who are, who are not baseball people. These are arbitrators who hear different labor disputes throughout the year. And so what we said was before the tender deadline, uh, there's an opportunity to maybe be a little more flexible in terms of how we view this problem, work collaboratively with our with agents and say, let's come up with something. Let's not leave this up to chance going in a hearing room where you could have a major, major difference in value. Let's just figure out a way that let's do this fairly um, in a way that that makes sense. And, you know, both sides are going to take some risk. There's a chance you might be leaving some real money out on the table as a player. There's also a chance as a team, we may be overpaying depending on how these cases play out. But we figured let's let's be adults and figure this out ourselves rather than leaving it up to somebody else. And we were fortunate um, that the agents were uh, receptive, uh, receptive to that idea. And I think it's helpful for us that we have a little bit of cost certainty locked in. We don't have some of these could be multi-million dollar spreads between you know the two poles of how you would treat the uh, treat the 2020 season. So it's helpful that we have some certainty locked in. Also, I do think built some goodwill that we said to our players: Look, this is not about uh, you know trying to get some type of win. This is really let's figure out a way to share the risk after the very very weird season we just had. And that was accomplished, and now you head off to fill out the rest of your roster. We've talked about potentially DH. You've got a lot of young sticks who could rotate through that spot if a Nelson Cruz reunion doesn't happen. What are other needs from your standpoint uh, in terms of trying to fill out this roster? I would think back of the rotation uh, because some guys that maybe you hoped would take big steps forward in that direction – in the odd season really didn't have a chance to do that or did not do that in a shorter stint. Uh, and also the bullpen, you can never have enough arms. 
Yeah, I think we have you know, a number of they, the simplest thing to do is just say, OK, who are you losing? You need to replace those those players. And I think that's certainly a part of uh, our thought process. We're also trying to think more creatively that maybe it's not necessarily a one for one. Hey, we lost Marwin Gonzalez. Now we need another super utility type guy. Uh, but you know, I think yeah, you touched on it. Certainly um, DH, there's some opportunities whether we want to rotate a number of players through um, or do we want to have an everyday DH? I think both of those um, are on the table in the starting rotation with um, Jake Odorizzi, Rich Hill and Homer Bailey, all uh, matriculating to free agency. We have, um, we have some spots to fill there and uh, there's some internal candidates for sure. um, But there's also uh, going to be some guys in the free agent market who we, who we look at, who will have a chance to compete for uh, for those spots in our rotation. Now we're going to have more of Michael Pineda than we did uh, the year before, but we're certainly uh, certainly there's room to add there. And then with uh, probably most prominently Sergio Romo and Tyler Clifford, um, not to mention Matt Whistler moving on. There's there's space in our bullpen, and again we have some internal options that we feel good about, but there's also um, there are also going to be some free agent additions there. Be fun to watch. It's the voice of Daniel Adler. We'll hear more from Daniel in a moment. He alluded to both Michael Pineda and Sergio Romo. We'll let you know how you can put a little something from those guys under your Christmas tree in our next segment. And then we'll have Daniel with a real interviewer a little bit later on. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show on your home for Twins Baseball. Well, welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Chris Atterbury with you. And again, our thanks to Daniel Adler. We'll be hearing more from him in a moment. The Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you, of course, by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. A reminder that every week we are going to encourage you to visit twinsbaseball.com slash hot stove auction. And we've got an auction going on this month. You can have the goodies in time to wrap them up and throw them under your Christmas tree. Among items available, uh, Sergio Romo signed game-worn jersey, uh, the 2020 rotation autographs, Maeda, Odorizzi, Barrios, Pineda, and also a great Jim Tome package. And we'll announce our winner next week. That's the 16th. Uh, we will be announcing uh, the winners of those auction items. Now, tonight, if you are listening live across our, our network or on any of our platforms, is the annual Diamond Awards. The proceeds generated tonight uh, are going towards further innovative research and patient care for brain, nerve, and muscle disorders at the University of Minnesota. It's a great cause. And coming up at 7 o'clock on uh, following our program, commercial-free on FSN, on WCCO in the Twin Cities, on the Twins Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube channels, uh, just like the Hot Stove Show, uh, is the Diamond Awards. And they'll be handing out awards uh, for the season that was one of the recipients, and we'll let you take a little uh, preemptive listen, was Byron Buxton. Uh, I want to thank the sports writers, the media for the Defense Player of the Year Award. And um, also thank the Polite and the Twins for the Community community Award. Um, Twin Cities got a special place to me in my heart. Uh, means a lot to me, especially since, you know, I've been there since I got drafted. So just to be able to know I'm going to have my name on that plaque, you know, that means means more to me than anything, just to know that you're out there trying to help better the community each and every day and, you know, trying to put, put smiling faces throughout the Twin Cities. So very thankful and, um, you know, blessed that I'm, I'm a Minnesota twin. 
And that's the voice of Byron Buxton, one of the winners tonight at the Diamond Awards. Nelson Cruz will be represented. Uh, Kenta Maeda, I believe, as well. It's a great cause. Also, going to be a really special feature and uh, kind of a heart-tugging feature uh, on a family uh, that is battling some of these issues that all of these proceeds from the auction that they'll be uh, ongoing throughout the Diamond Awards are, are going to help uh, combat. Uh, it's our friend Lainey uh, from the Twins Lunchroom, who's worked there for years and years, takes good care of us. Her daughter's family is highlighted and and you're not going to want to miss that and again more than 60 auction items through the diamond awards broadcast bid612.com is the place to go to be a part of it it's normally a big black tie gathering this year obviously going to be a socially distant version of that but it's a wonderful cause and it's a wonderful uh, kind of uh, signpost of the offseason for twins baseball fans here across twins territory the diamond awards again following the twins hot stove show on WCCO, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube channels of the Twins, and also airing commercial-free on FSN. In the meantime, we've got much more. We've got a guest inquisitor to put Daniel Adler on the grill and wrap up our show with some analytics discussion. That's coming up next. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Kilber Root Beer right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back. It's the final leg of our Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Pleased to have you with us wherever and whenever you're joining. And we have a guest joining us here on the Twins Hot Stove Show as we do every week. I'm very excited to welcome Jake Bloom into our conversation. Jake, introduce yourself. Let us know where you're from. And then I'm going to let you tear into Daniel Adler. Sounds good. I'm everybody. I'm Jake Bloom, originally from uh, Northern Iowa, uh, moved up to Minnesota about 10, 12 years ago and currently reside in Maple Grove. Uh, been a long time, uh, lifelong Twins fan, uh, attend many, many games throughout my uh, my life uh, with family and friends and uh, huge, huge Twins fan. Uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you guys. Uh, I'm going to start out with uh, Daniel. Your career has been in analytics, obviously, starting with the, the NFL and spending a couple years with the Jaguars. What did you learn from the NFL analytics and how did you translate that into baseball? So one of the key things I learned in football was just how to talk to a coach that I think before I was with a team, uh, most of my experience came around a lot of nerds and uh, concepts that were really obvious to me, something like expected value. Um, that that concept was something very, very new to coaches. And so not making assumptions about what what people knew and then also helped learn uh, a lot about where where models can be wrong and what things are missing. And uh, I would say the knee jerk reaction from almost every coach I would approach in football was here's why your model's wrong and and sometimes we would dig deeper and realize okay that that concern you have actually is is accounted for and maybe we don't need to worry about it but just as frequently i'd say oh wow that's that's something that we're really missing and that's an important factor and go back to the drawing board and try to incorporate their feedback so um for me some of these lessons are probably unique to football some of it was was just really uh you know the first chance to um work with people who had different backgrounds from mine Sure. And, and one of the things in analytics is, you know, using historical data to help predict the future. Uh, one of the areas that seems to be unpredictable year over year is that the relief uh, pitching staffs coming off a 60 game shortened season. How do you use analytics to not only analyze your own existing staff, but also the free agent market? 
Yeah, it's it's really challenging. As you said, relievers are always really variable. You have guys uh, who are leading the league one year and then uh, literally on waivers on waivers the next. And so that always happens. And with this short season, it's even even trickier. We uh, a lot of our projections are built much less on the stats that you would see on the back of the baseball card, ERA wins, things like that. A lot of our projections are really built looking at the actual, um, the flight of the pitch. And so what is the movement that this guy had? Velocity obviously plays plays a big role. And so those things tend to stabilize a bit faster. And so um, we try to look at those, the characteristics of the pitches a guy is throwing, maybe more so than the actual outcomes um, and then try to strip away as much luck as possible. Was there a player, especially in this short year, where your ERA could go haywire based on, you know, plus one or two runs? Uh, was there a pitcher who maybe got really lucky stranding a lot of players on base? And that's something that we don't think they're necessarily going to repeat. Or was there somebody who played in front of a really poor defense that, uh, even if those runs were still earned, we would say better uh, better defenders would would lower that um, that pitcher's ERA significantly. So a lot of our stats, we try to look at the pitch as much as possible and a little less at the actual outcomes. Well, I was going to dig into the the Blake Snell decision on the, on the postseason uh, that they had on Game Six and how you decide on analytics versus a, a guy that you see right in front of you just dominating, but. I won't hear his that answer was, because I watched was, Jose Barrios come out after five innings in a playoff game too. It's, it's, it's really difficult. I, I will say um, I'm glad not to be the one having to make those decisions. Our, our data certainly indicates that in the long run, um, you're giving yourself an advantage pulling guys a little bit earlier for the most part. Um, now that doesn't mean, and this is maybe one of the differences between football and baseball in baseball at least you get to play 162 games and if you do those things that work in the long run you probably see it pay off for you um in football you probably only have a few really high leverage um say fourth down decisions every year and that may go against you and the playoffs in baseball are maybe a little more like football just um, everything is heightened there aren't that many games and so yeah you may you may have had good process but your outcome wouldn't be great i know i i talked to rocco um, the morning after that game, and uh, he see he was pretty gutted for uh, for his buddy Kevin Cash because that's it's a tough tough call. I think I always say um, I think I've said this to Chris that being wrong in an unconventional way is probably the most painful thing for your reputation. Now we internally like to take risks and say it's okay like if if our process was good that's fine. But um, look, we're only human and. Nobody, uh, nobody questions if he leaves Snell in and it doesn't work, nobody blames cash there. So I, I give him a lot of credit for um, having the gumption to make a decision that was um, certainly not in the norm and uh, invited a lot of scrutiny because it's a lot it's a whole lot easier to just do what everybody else would do and um, and not look back and say, hey, how, how can I go away from Snell? So I, I laud that part. I, you know, the actual decision, I think we kind of mentioned that um, we do have more and more stats, even in game where we can see is a pitcher, um, you know, is the velocity still there? Is his movement still there? And I think we're getting more information that hopefully will inform those decisions because not every day is, is the same. There might be some days the guy can work deeper into the game. So I think we're learning more and more about the right way to approach those kinds of decisions. 
Yeah, that's where my, my heart was torn of old school versus new school. I, I do love the analytics that are, are shaping, uh, reshaping the game. Uh, but at the same time, I love seeing a guy just go out and be able to dominate for, you know, eight, nine innings. And so I was, you know, I had mixed feelings uh, on the decision. I, I understand why it was made, but at the same time, I have a hard time seeing the, you know, the best player of that particular day being pulled and think that's the best way that you're going to win a particular game. It's tough balance. Uh, Jay, great questions for Daniel today, and I think especially pointing to the oddity of last year, even usage was so different. You've got a short 60-game sprint. Maybe they're going to use those relievers a little differently. We sure appreciate you joining us, Jake, and adding a little bit of value to our program, that's for sure. And we're going to send you a Killebrew prize pack uh, for your efforts here today, and thank you so much. And we really hope to see you attending one of those games with friends and family at Target Field before too long. Thanks for being on the show. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Jake Bloom. Daniel Adler getting some real questions for once from Jake Bloom. We want to thank Jake and Daniel for joining us here on the Twins Hot Show Show. We'll be back again next week right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of a Treasure Island Baseball Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.